I'm Zach Collins with your KSOM and KS95 Sports Update. Yesterday's volleyball match is one that will forever live on in the minds of Mount Air and Nottoway Valley, but for very different reasons. The Raiderettes were able to come back in the game when they were down two sets in the third and earned their third straight win of the season. Nottoway Valley started out the match with a fire lit underneath them. Genevieve Livingston was the star of the show on the outside as she continued to put Mount Air down again and again. Her hitting ability was strong as she found the open gaps in the back row. The Wolverines took the first set 25-20, and it was on the back of Livingston in her front row play. Lindsay Davis showed her athletic abilities in the second set for Nottoway Valley, as she had a good back row presence and hit hard on the outside. Davis and the Wolverines earned set two as well, as they were able to beat Mount Air 25-17. Set three was the set for the Raiderettes, as Aubrey Shields and Bria Nickel both stepped up in the offensive game. When it looked like the Wolverines were going to take another set, they stepped up and continued a run in the game to stay up top in the third set. Abby Eaton saw her name on the stat sheet the most in the third set as she earned seven kills over on the game, most of which came in the third. Mount Air ended up taking the third set 25-22. In the fourth set of action, Mount Air started off with their biggest lead of the match as they went on a 5-2 run to start out the fourth set. This set saw a spark in Bria and Nickel as she earned a total of 12 kills and two blocks in the night, while contributing the most to the stat sheet in the fourth. Nickel was also a big name in the passing game, as she had 22 digs. Raider at libero Olivia Huntington shined in the fourth set with multiple digs and game-saving plays. Huntington earned 35 digs in the night, while also earning three aces. Mount Air ended up taking the fourth set as well, as they beat Nottoway Valley 25-22. It all came down to the fifth set, 15 points, and 12 players on the floor. Mount Air started off on a good note as they jumped out to an early 3-1 lead. Sophomore Aubrey Shields was a force to reckon with on the outside as she had been dominant all game while making game-saving plays in the fifth set. Shields ended up with 13 kills and played strong on the strong side of the floor. Hayden Ruggles was also huge in the fifth set as she set better than ever with 29 assists and earned 5 kills in the total of the match while making some amazing game-saving plays. It all came down to the end as Mount Air was leading 14-13 and had the serve. With the serve by the Raiderettes, Nottoway Valley played it back with a dig and a pass back over the net. Mount Air sent one back over the net after a roll shot to make the safe play. The Wolverines got a pass up, Emma Lundy set it to the outside, and Lindsey Davis hit it into the tape and bounced back to finish the 15-13 set as Mount Air won 3-2. Other highlights for Mount Air include Jana Irving with two aces and eight digs. Anna Greenland also helped out in the blocking game as she added on two blocks while notching two kills. Nottoway Valley will battle in the Perry Invitational, while Mount Air will face off in the Clark Triangular tomorrow on September 7th. The Chargers have been more than successful to start the season. ACGC beat Earlham 28-14 in Week 2, after defeating Ogden 20-19 in Week 1. The Chargers look like a different team in the penalty game, as Coach Matthewson had his team focus on eliminating the penalties in Week 2. ACGC had 11 penalties in Week 1 and brought that number down to just one in Week 2, which happened in the fourth quarter of action. 
Yeah, you know, we, we, we had a big emphasis going into from week, week one to week two was talking about, and I said penalties. Um, we had 11 penalties for over 150 yards in week one uh, and dropped that down to one penalty for five yards. Um, cramping was a very big issue as, as well as I think for everybody else last Friday in week one. So uh, no cramps this week. It was a little bit cooler out, but, uh, you know, it's been big focus on taking care of ourselves and our conditioning and uh, just making sure our legs are, are fully recovered as we get into the Friday night. Um, and so, you know, going into this week, it's uh, – just finding ways to pick out the weaknesses in our in our defense and, and trying to make those uh, strengths. And uh, we we got to go play our got three kind of rival in Panorama this week. So you know it's a it's a big week for for us. You know you got Iowa State, Iowa, you got Panorama, ACGC. Um, it, it's going to be a very big week of throwing the records out the door, and getting the kids focused, to understand that you know we we've played pretty well against them the last two years. But you know dating back before that, they they played again really well against us the years before that, and kind of took it to us. So throw the records out the door, and uh, we got to be ready to roll because we're going to be ready for another district game. Because uh, if we can start the district season two and zero, that's that's a really good start for us as we we get our push into the mid season form here. In terms of combined yardage, the Chargers rushed for 244 yards and had four touchdowns in the last game against Earlham. Anthony Solorano rushed for 92 yards and earned a touchdown. Jathan South rushed for a total of 81 yards and had two Charger touchdowns, while Mike Fuller earned a touchdown and rushed for 50 yards. Coach Matthewson is looking for his team to continue to rely on the rushing game, but improve their yards per carry in Week 3. You know, if, if teams are doing their homework against us and know we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball 50, 60 times a game. Um, that's who we are. You know, we've been one of the top leading teams in the state every single year because of our philosophy, obviously, because we do run the ball a lot. But, um, you know, we really don't get caught up in the amount of yards we rush for. We really focus on that yards per carry stat. So, you know, dating back to 2019, we ran for over six yards a carry uh, every single year. Uh, right now we're sitting around five. So that's something we need to improve on. We're always focused on three yards every single play. But you know, we're going to create, create a lot of push on the offensive line. And our big thing right now is being more disciplined with our blocking and, and our schemes to, to improve. But um, we're in the ball for 58 times and we control the clock and um, move the ball up and down the field. And, and we did some good things, but there's still, like I said, uh, as always, as, as a coach, we're never satisfied. And there's always things we need to work on. So, you know, as you keep, keep your eyes on the stat line throughout the season, it's going to be 40, 50, 60 rushes a game and maybe two, three passes a game. That's, that's not going to change. Defensively, the Chargers had 37 and a half tackles, 23 solo tackles, and seven tackles for loss against Earlham. They are led by Peyton Jacoby, who had five and a half tackles and three and a half tackles for loss in that game, and continues to lead the team with a team high 12 and a half tackles and six and a half tackles for loss. The Chargers have a six foot three underdog that looks to take the spotlight in their defensive game. Yeah, he's a uh, pretty dang good ball player. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate not enough people are talking about him because, uh, and I'll say it, I've been around the game long enough and, and played high level football too. He's one of the best players in the state, hands down. You know, Class A football, he's going to wreck havoc. He's got, I think, 11, 12 tackles uh, on the season, um, six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. He's blocked every PAT this year. So dude's a stud. You know, he, he just creates havoc. He's, you know, six foot two, six foot three, 275 pounds. You know, he's a he's a wrestler. Um, at one point in time, he was playing basketball and wrestled in the same season. He carries himself really well. He's got great feet, runs really well. You know, he's going to be a highly recruited kid here before the end of the season. It's just people fall in love with those big school kids and, and media likes to cover those big school kids, unfortunately, all the time. People just wait. This is going to be a kid who's uh, he, he's going to be on the on the front doorstep of, of, of a really good program. In, in next fall going into his uh, freshman year of college. I can guarantee you that. In terms of a rivalry game, Panorama and ACGC will be a game to see in week three. 
Coach Matthewson is looking for his team to play with their heads, create turnovers, and play relentlessly. Yeah, I mean, it's the same stuff. You know, we've been playing them for the last, uh, since I've been here for the last six years. Um, this will be D6, so uh, same coaching staff over there, as well as same coaching staff as us over here. They have their philosophies pretty much set in place, and I think we have our philosophy pretty much set in place as well. So, you know, it's really just going to come down to, you know, who can play with their head, who can play an emotional game within the whistles and playing it the right way and playing with your head. We've got some pretty good athletes, and they got some pretty good athletes too. So, you know, I think the, what it comes down to when you play in games like this, especially when everybody's playing with that high emotion of it being a 365-day bragging right game, you know, I think it really comes down to who can limit the big plays and who can take care of the ball, who, who cannot, uh, you know, turn the ball over, who's creating the turnover. So, um, you know, it's a disciplined game. It's playing relentless and it's playing with your head in these games like this because it doesn't matter what you've done before. It didn't matter what you did last year. It doesn't matter what you've done the last five years. So, you know, we play these rivalry games just in every any other rivalry game it's it's who's ready to play at seven o'clock and who's going to play for four quarters that's really what matters because we're going to find out who wants it more that's what it's going to come down to acgc and panorama will battle under the lights at 7 p.m for news sports and more check out our website at westerniowatoday.com i'm zach collins with this sports update